Let's start with Michelle. What did you bring, Michelle? Hi, uh, I brought uh, a picture of myself. I was trying to determine uh, what would be good. And I've recently been going through several old pictures. And you see a picture of a cowgirl being very reflective on things and, and planning for the future. I think I started at a very young age <laughs> trying to be <laughs> very contemplative and um, forward thinking. Contemplative cowgirl. And then, <laughs> and then you brought a second one. Yeah, and, and this is one of the things I, I know we're talking about uh, expanding the, the glass ceiling. And okay. this is a piece of it uh, from my, my freshman college days. And okay. we can go into the details later. Love it. Can't wait to hear more. And Pamela, what did you bring? I got this, I brought this plaque. Um, it says, if you're not failing now and then, you're not trying hard enough. Not failing now and then. Yeah, I like that. And I, I feel like those moments happen even right now, probably. All the time. <laughs> well, some, something will happen. I hope that, you know, we're, we're, we show that we're trying hard enough. I want to welcome the two of you to this podcast. For those of you who are tuning in to watch and listen, my name is Valerie Hope. Welcome to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. I am your host, and this is an opportunity to bring two people together who are not quite strangers, have never met before this, and we bring up conversation that will hopefully build connection, inspire curiosity, and who knows, perhaps challenge the status quo. And I think you could already hear, I have some interesting perspectives here on hand. I wanna introduce you to my two guests first, how I know them. So I'll start with Michelle. Michelle and I played tennis together and it's been a few, how long has it been, Michelle? Um, oh my goodness, five? Oh, maybe five years, something like five that. Years five years or so. Years. Yeah. Yeah. We play at the same tennis center and you're an amazing tennis player. You always keep my game sharp. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> and, and one of the reasons that you and I connected about this podcast was because of some of the stories that you shared with me about your time working in the, um, in the defense industry and some of the, the, the work that you've done, the kind of projects you've been on and the types of experiences that you've had. And I know you're moving into a new phase in your career. So we're looking forward to hearing more about that in a moment. And Pamela, I invited Pamela because you are a, a student. You are a student, <laughs> you weren't, but you're <laughs> in, um, in our leadership communication course a few months ago. And you had such a, re such a cool presentation about women in STEM, girls in STEM specifically, that, um, and you shared your passion for, for what that means and what it means to you and what you wanna to bring to the world. I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who I wanna introduce you to. Um, so you have two different generations, two different backgrounds, but also working towards the same thing. So welcome to the podcast, both of you. And Michelle, you can keep yourself on, off mute if that works best. I know we might okay. have some, interesting background noise, but no big deal. Okay. <laughs> so first question I like to ask my guests, why say yes to being introduced to a perfect stranger on video? 
Well, for me, I just like meeting new people. And uh, I've been curious about getting into podcasts myself. And, and so I think this is a good experience. You know, I have a lot to learn from you, Valerie. And I'm excited to get to meet somebody new. Awesome. Cool. I'm glad for that. And I'm happy to share anything I know. <laughs> and, and Pamela, what about you? Why did you say yes? Likewise, it just it's like I'm always down to try new experiences. I've actually never been in a podcast. So I was like, okay, this is new. And you know, meeting new people is always fun and an exciting adventure. So I am definitely interested. And especially uh, after talking to you, Valerie, you're like, you meet so many interesting people uh, because of your job. So I'm like, this has got to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is that I'm not the interesting one here. You guys are. <laughs> I like to introduce interesting people together. So, well, let's just delve into it right now. You, you know, the objects that you brought to share with us. I want to, let's start with Michelle. What was it about that picture? You have this contemplative cowgirl. This was you, right? At what age did you say? I don't know. I think I was about four. Four years four. old. And here, I'll bring it up again so everybody could see it. So tell us, what is this four-year-old thinking? Or what was it that, that had you bring this particular shot? I, I don't know. I just really liked it. And I, I, I really, I wish I had that outfit. <laughs> um, today, you know, in, in a size that fit me, but I was very casual, very relaxed. Um, uh, and, uh, who knows what I was thinking, you know, as a four-year-old, but, uh, I, I was the oldest of, of two. I didn't have my sister yet. And so I had to be very resourceful as far as, uh, what I was going to do when I played and, and that type of thing. And, I guess I had a, a good imagination. I, I imagined I'd be want to be a cowgirl. And, uh, but if you take note and in this particular outfit, it, it's not the, the girly girl type um, outfit, which I did have. I, I enjoyed playing the girly, the, the cowgirl and, and the more rustic kind of Annie Oakley type piece as well. And then when I found the picture again, I went, well, isn't that curious that I'm now living in Texas <laughs> and, and uh, here I am uh, in the, the Western kind of world. I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I thought that was interesting. You were already foreshadowing that you would be in cowboy country. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you also mentioned this other picture um, and it has to do with, well, tell us what, what's going on here. Okay. Were you stealing uh, something or what, what's, the goal? what's going on? No. Um, and, and this kind of leads into the, the glass ceiling part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I, it seems like everything that I've done throughout my life, and I could give myriads of examples, uh, have caused me to uh, strategize, develop things, uh, be a pioneer in, in things? How can I do things better? Or how can I even begin things? Uh, in, my, in the early 70s, which now you're gonna get an idea of my age, uh, I was in the first class of women to Lehigh University. Uh, we had 100 women and, and 3,300 guys on campus. And I organized a powder puff football team um, mm -hmm. that, uh, 
we uh, played uh, against our rival school and uh, we raised money uh, and, and I organized this with, in order to raise money for multiple districts. Um, and, you know, it is like, you know, I don't know, there was always something and a reason behind doing things and, and well, the guys did this, so why can't we do this? Uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we just didn't take things at, at second best. And so there, there were a lot of incredible opportunities to be able to start up and, and begin uh, going forward. So that's, that's a piece. Is this the powder puff league here? Is that what that is? You hold that football? Yeah. This is you, yeah. right? This is me. It's uh, so what you normally have when a football team comes out in the field, they go through like a tunnel of people. Uh. The guys that are standing there were cheerleaders. <laughs> and so we were coming out of the tunnel and I was the co-captain carrying the football uh, uh, and right behind me uh, with the lady smiling, she was the other co-captain. Uh, Missy Mundell. So uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, for a good cause. That's interesting. Thank you. You, you remember Missy Mundell? Isn't that funny how we remember like <laughs> all the, the first and last name of people that we maybe don't even see anymore? Well, well, actually, we still get together. Uh, <laughs> and well, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we've made a lot of good friendships mm. along the years. Good old Lehigh. All right. And Pamela, tell us about your plaque. What, what was that meaningful to you? So this plaque has, there's like a lot of layers. Um, so you see that it's in a color of blue and a little bit of gray, which is actually me and my husband's favorite two colors combined. Hmm. So it's just been a motto of mine for a very long time, just because it just seems like there's a lot of pressure, at least for me, growing up with very strict parents to be perfect all the time. You got to get the straight A's like and going to like, you know, Berkeley for undergrad. I was also obsessed about getting like the best grades possible and even like going as a grad student now still obsessed with being perfect in every different way. And it kind of trickles into my personal life and my job life. And it's it kind of it's a kind of a motto that I have to keep reminding myself uh, of when I do fail. It's not I have to be grateful for that experience as well <laughs> because I spend a lot of time being grateful for the all positive things that happen like oh my gosh I can't believe I accomplished this 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 and this and you learn a lot from the problem the positive experiences and you're grateful for them but it's also important to take the time to be grateful for the negative experiences that mm. you go through because those are also lessons and being present and then instead of just like okay I'm sad now let me just not be sad I'm actually no let me like be sad and be present in my sadness and just kind of like appreciate this moment as much as I'd appreciate any positive moment. So that break, that begs the question, what, what's, what can we be, uh, what can we celebrate? What failure can we celebrate today? <laughs> so many failures. <laughs> Pick your favorite one. Um, let, so I mentioned, I mentioned earlier uh, uh, when we were, we were prepping. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I'm seven months pregnant and trying to do a full-time job right now and be in school full-time and then do house construction and be uh, seven months pregnant. Sometimes everything comes to a head and things slip here and there. Uh, like my latest, my latest failure that I'm grateful for is that, you know, 
I didn't get to study as much that I wanted to for my finance exam, but you know, I got, I, I prioritized what was important to me to learn in grad school. Cause I don't, I don't think I'll be going back to school after this mm-hmm. and just really honed in on what was meaningful to me and being grateful for that experience. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how did, how did the exam go? I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, all right. So the failure, what's the failure part? Just that you didn't have enough time to yeah. vote. As, okay, as opposed to like, you know, personally, I, I know I didn't get an A, <laughs> but you know, spending as much time, like normally I would have spent as much time as I can to like know all the material and just like okay. letting go of just having to be perfect mm. and just, you know, taking, taking it in, appreciating the lessons that I'm getting from my professors and just honing in on what is meaningful to me and what will serve, serve me the most. That's interesting. Okay. Got that. So it's really you, and it's interesting. I think so much of a, of, um, the mindset around what's failure and what's success really lies in here is not necessarily the objective measure. Oh, you passed the test or you didn't pass the test as much as, oh, I know I could have done better. or I know I could have tried more or I know that I could have you know, done something differently. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm curious about as you guys were listening to what each other, you know, your experience and what you brought or the, the life lesson, what, what stood out to you as you were here listening to each other, if anything? Okay, I'll I'll go. Uh, What was interesting um, about what you said, Pamela, and what you shared about uh, failing, why do you feel that you may not have tried hard enough in in things that he may have failed? Uh, Well, so I actually talked about this a little bit with with Valerie. It was one of my speeches that I gave leadership. Like, I feel like sometimes it just I need to give myself permission to have mental breaks, which I don't, I don't really embrace as much. <laughs> For example, like I, like I made a speech on having more mental grit. Like I hope that I, I can have more mental grit so I don't have as many good days and bad days. Um, but just taking a step back and just understanding that if I don't purposely and consciously take a break, my body will take it for me. <laughs> like, right, right. Especially now, especially now while pregnant. Like if I like I'm used to just being able to, you know, stay up till two or three in the morning doing whatever it is I need to do for work and school and just like really grind it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and being pregnant does not allow that. Being pregnant, you your body will be like, nope, you're sleeping now. Today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't care what you were planning to do, you were sleeping now. <laughs> I'll find myself in the middle of like, you know, like falling asleep with a book on my face or like, Mm. so it's, um, you know, you always feel like, I I think with higher achievers, you probably get like you guys on the call feel that sometimes you just want to do your best and you always feel like you could have done more to be better. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I'm curious, what, what had you asked that question? Well, I, I was um, I, it's probably the higher achiever uh, part of me as well. You know, you, uh, I feel like I've, there's always something more that I could have done. And, uh, and uh, maybe I didn't reach this goal. And, you know, what, what could I have done differently? What should I have done differently? Uh, uh, are there other people I should have been 
uh, more uh, forward with what my my plans and and things were. You know, working in the aerospace industry, there are very few women. Number one, and uh, the aerospace industry that I was in uh, in defense um, is European backed, and uh, they uh, the Europeans are a little bit more behind in some areas with respect to women in high level positions. So it was uh, kind of a, a choice between getting a, a, an, a, an exceptional job done and, and bringing my team up to uh, doing what needed to happen and focusing on that and doing an exceptional job there. Or uh, do I uh, do what other people, what other predominantly guys have done uh, and be in leadership space and constantly, you know, um, doing things that uh, not not bad things, but uh, just being uh, constantly in front of management and forcing themselves to uh, to just have FaceTime. Uh, when when I felt that you know doing a good job and an exceptional job was what was important, and and actually I just recently retired. Um, and the president of the company uh, congratulated me and, and had exceptional things to say. And they said, well, the company wouldn't have uh, been able to do a lot of the things if it wasn't for you. And I'm going like, gosh, you know, thank you. <laughs> it would have been nice to know about it earlier or uh, be um, have the opportunity, I think, to take the next step. So you would not heard that from that person before? Until you retired? Uh, um, not exactly in those words. Uh, he's, he's uh, and, and I don't want to get into too many details because, uh, but um, yeah, uh, not in those words. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like it would have benefited you to feel even more acknowledged and um, appreciated throughout. Yeah. Well, I, I think what I was, I was really, I, I was in the highest position uh, for my role that's in the company. Uh, in other words, they would have had to create a, uh, an executive level position uh, for me uh, in, in order for me to, to go forward mm. or, or, you know, so it, it, uh, um, I reached my plateau. I reached the glass ceiling in that particular company, uh, you know, but, you know, uh, so the glass ceiling is still there. Um, in some respects, it's doing much, much better than what, what it had before. And that's, that's why I'm interested to hear from Pamela uh, in the role that she's in and what she sees. And I don't know if there's something that I can do to say or help, but uh, you know, uh, except to encourage you to keep uh, putting out there all uh, your goals that you want to achieve and, and to get exposure with people uh, that can help you get there. Mm. Ooh, I have a follow-up question. You said yeah. you, um, um, you didn't put yourself or have FaceTime with the executive team uh, before. Would you do that now like if you could go back and tell yourself hey do this uh i i can't i've been trying to think of the words uh, and uh, uh in a politically correct way of, of, <laughs> of voicing them 
Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't suck up to the leadership. You know, I, I knew that I could constantly be putting my, my, my face there. I mean, and they knew who I, and I had an open door. It wasn't like I couldn't go in any time that I wanted to. Uh, but, um, I don't know, maybe a lot of people who got ahead, uh, maybe had made those connections. Would I do it differently? Probably not knowing me, uh, because that's not me. You know, uh, it says in the, the Bible, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by God. And, and so I've had some incredible, uh, moves in my career that have that have happened because of uh, I think my faith and open doors that have come up, come about I mean there there are things that that uh, people that that have been open doors that no one could have opened uh, on this world and so maybe it wasn't something that I was supposed to do and I should be happy uh, I'm disappointed but on the other hand, I'm the, I'm the president of my own company. So, uh, it, you know, I have my own corporation of, of and, and right now it's in the transition of going into something different uh, than what we had been doing previously. Uh, and we've had several facets of what, what I've been doing, but right now I'm kind of enjoying doing one of the things that, that you're trying to figure out as well in, in your environment is, I'm trying to figure out how to relax, uh, and you know, which is one of the reasons that I'm here in Colorado, uh, and I'm almost stressed out about this uh, podcast because I'm, I'm going like, well, do I cancel it? I'm, you know, because I made plans to go to Colorado after I told Valerie, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'd love to do it, and I said I'm going to be on vacation. You know, uh, am I going to be able to do it? Um, but I'm here, and I, I'm excited. You're here. Well, I'm glad that you didn't back out. <laughs> and it would have been perfectly fine for us to reschedule. Like it's yeah, there's there's day, there's there's days of plenty to choose from. Um, but I do appreciate you do you being here. You know, it's funny, I want to bring up something that you mentioned um, and Pamela, you asked about was this idea of having more face time versus like just grinding it out, getting the work done. Um, you know, it's interesting because literally last night, even prior to thinking about this conversation at all, I reflected and I can't remember why or how it came up, but I literally reflected on every single opportunity that I've had in my life, my career came from having had FaceTime with people. Yeah. I, you know, you know, you guys know me a bit. Um, I'm a relationship person. I just, I love building and getting to know people, which is why I have a podcast about building relationships. But I literally mapped from the moment I graduated from high school. My first job was with an organization called Up With People. Um, it's an inter international program for young adults who would travel a whole year and basically live with host families, perform and do a musical. And what was interesting is that most of the staff members in the organization came from having had the experience as a participant, right? And then they moved into a staff position. I got it because my, my former uh, drum major from high school and I ran into each other at the post office in college. And I was like, I'm looking for a job. He was like, I know somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I, I got in and I worked for five years with that organization. 
Um, with Hyatt, I worked with Hyatt 14 years. I got into Hyatt, although um, I didn't know <laughs> that there were, I actually, I knew they were hiring for a training manager, but I at the time was working at the Chamber of Commerce and I was, I was privy to getting all their job postings and I would just send it out to the, to the world. And it so happened when I saw this posting, I picked up the phone and I was like, Lisa, the employment manager, I'm, I'm interested in this. And out of all of the hundreds and hundreds of, of applicants, my resume would not have probably um, been right. sorted because I didn't have the things that they were mapped, the, you know, the digital scanning was not mapped to the type of content that I had, but I had a relationship with them. They knew me, they participated in my committees, and that's how I got that job. Every single promotion I've gotten for the same reason. So I guess my, my question is, you know, and, and you kind of pointed to this, Michelle, how do we play to our strengths and still achieve the level of success that we feel we are, we're aiming for or that we deserve or that we, right. you know, would fulfill us? Yeah. And, and I think, I, I don't mean to say that um, the, that I haven't built relationships with people and, and really a lot of the jobs that I have uh, were due to relationships that I've built, uh, you know, so, uh, okay, that, that's going to stop now. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, I, you're censoring yourself bit, a lot in this conversation, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. The, the difference is that, that I feel is guys have a way of, gosh, I'm, I, I don't know taking it to a little bit more of an extreme and getting into uh, people higher up into their face and, uh, you know, constantly being there. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not of that nature. You know, I, I'm not constantly uh, doing those things, but on the other hand, I'm constant. I, I feel it's important to, to constantly uh, prep things and write things down and present them and and uh, present different ideas, uh, new ways of doing things, uh, better ways. Uh, and you know, it's like I feel I bring a solution to problems rather than constantly uh, saying I'm the best person for this. I'm the best person, you know. Tooting your own horn. I haven't been good in tooting my own horn. That's probably it. Pamela, why are you laughing? <laughs> What's going through your mind? <laughs> it's just funny. I just feel like I, I hear this um, a lot. Like I actually spoke to an executive at Intel uh, the probably a couple of weeks ago for just one of the school events with the executives. And she said the same thing. <laughs> She's just like, she, or very, very similar. She like realized, it was my, my standard question. I was like, how does someone like me in the trenches get to someone to a position like you <laughs> you know up high and she she was like you just have to be able to really showcase your work and it does feel like you're tooting your own horn uh, mm. and it it doesn't feel genuine it feels kind of dishonest and it kind of feels fake but that's the you know, that's the way she got noticed and I'm just laughing because I'm hearing it now again <laughs> yeah uh, and and I guess it's a fine line but it's it's not entirely a bad thing is I think it, you need to pick the manner that works best for you. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, and you need to be feel comfortable uh, in how you do it. And uh, you know, don't don't step stretch yourself, but don't do something that's entirely uncomfortable either. You know, it, it's kind of like in a way, it's a, it's a little bit like pregnancy. Um, uh, I've not experienced it, but my um, my nephew's wife uh, is in her third pregnancy right now, and I babysat for her two uh, little girls uh, just yesterday. Uh, she got, had an opportunity to take a nap, uh, but it's it's a kind of a, a stretching. You're out of your comfort zone, but you know it's going to be all right, and and you kind of push through it, uh, and and you can push through it as well. Mm. Yeah, it goes back to, it actually reminds me of the conversation um, I had with Valerie a couple weeks ago about authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. We, we mm -hmm. talked at length about being an authentic leader. And I um, one of the, the things I was harping on is, is, is I'm frequently at, told to smile in my presentations. <laughs> Which did not feel authentic to me. Like, why do I need to smile? Which I talked to Valerie about. It's <laughs> like, what if I don't feel like smiling? What if it's a serious topic? But, but you know, being authentic sometimes means that you smile when you don't feel like it, especially when you're trying to communicate that this is something that is worth smiling about. And maybe right. that end, you know, part of authenticity in trying to be a leader, you showcase what you've done even if you don't feel like it <laughs> right <laughs> right well you know i want this is fact i love this conversation and the way and where it's going so i think what needs to be defined is really what is authenticity i think authenticity doesn't necessarily mean doing what we feel oh my gosh if i did what i felt <laughs> i could be in jail i could be i could get into you know, I would not be talking to some people because we'd be in some argument or whatever, right? right. I think that, that there's something to be said for what really is, what does authenticity mean? And I think if, from my experience, and I'd love to hear your take on it, right? Um, from my experience, being authentic is acknowledging that we are perfect. We're whole, we're complete like as, as, a, as a being, like a human being on this planet, no matter what the external um, like circumstances could, might be, you know, we might have a disability, we might have um, challenges with different relationships in our life, we might be un underemployed, we might, you know, not be um, healthy, like all of those things aside that, all of us came here for a purpose. And mm -hmm. I don't know, for me, when I feel most authentic is when I'm aligned to my purpose, mm -hmm. not necessarily, and, but I get that there's some external pressures or expectations, right? That might mm -hmm. call to question <laughs> whether mm -hmm. I'm being authentic or not. Um, but I, you know, I'll tell you, I remember, um, and, and just to give a demonstration, when I did this, when I started podcasting two and a half years ago, the very, so I used to, I had a different podcast at the time. I started it out because I thought, oh, as a coach, it'd be great to like live coach some people. People will come on Zoom and I'll coach them. And then that one day that no one showed up <laughs> to be a live coach, I was like, so do I still, 
do I still talk? Like, I don't, I don't like that as much. I love interaction. Um, right. <laughs> and my mom recommended I started inviting guests. I'm like, well, then I won't get to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> and I want to talk, you know, I want to talk about my own stuff or coach people. And, um, but I gave that up. I had somebody come on, but I started to notice that, oh, if I actually have conversations with people that I enjoy or topics that I enjoy or people who I enjoy, then boom, it all aligns. Right. So I have to create my world in such a way that I can be authentic. And I think mm -hmm. the challenge is that we sometimes plug ourselves into spaces that don't align with our purpose, don't align with our gifts, don't align with our personality or whatever. And therefore it does sometimes force us to act out of authenticity. I don't know, how does, right. where does that land for you guys? What are you thinking about this? Just jump in. <laughs> okay, I always seem to go first, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, oh, Pamela, why don't you come up with something? I, I have something to say, but you know. Oh yeah, it's, it, that's a very, it was a very deep question. I always need like a couple minutes to like formulate okay. my thoughts. Okay, with these all right, things. all right. Okay, well, uh, it kind of reminds me of, and, and I don't mean to go preachy, but there's a story in the Bible about David and Goliath. Mm. And uh, I kind of, and it, it, but it feeds into what you shared, Pamela, about if you're not failing now and then, we're not trying hard enough. Um, you know, David uh, had this opportunity to, to face the giant and um, the king, Saul, wanted to put all his armor on top of him, which is what happens a lot in the, the corporate world today. Uh, either leadership or managers want to put their armor on us. And for me, it doesn't work that way. I, I mean, I have to be authentic for me and be able to do my things. And a, a lot of times what I'll do in my suit coats, I'll put some stones, uh, like this is, this is a, like a blue stone that I put uh -huh. in and I will put five smooth stones in my pocket. And uh, sometimes I forget they're there. And if I have to speak in front of people, give a presentation, uh, a lot of times I'll put my hands in my pocket and I'll go, oh, well, I have this smooth stone. I know that I can slay this giant because I've done it before in a, in a different manner. Or, and, and so um, I might not have maybe totally killed the situation before, but it, what I did previously gave me confidence in order to be able to do what I had to do. And I was authentic for me and not uh, playing uh, a role that someone else is trying to make me play. So Michelle, for, for those who might have lost the meaning of the stones and David and Goliath, can just give us uh -huh. a short synopsis? Well, uh, there's a story in the Bible uh, about a shepherd boy uh, who uh, saw his brothers in battle. And there was a huge giant that the whole army of Israel was afraid to to tackle and david came to give his brother some food and uh he said well you know i can tackle him and and they took him to the king and the king said i he gave him a chance <laughs> uh i i don't know why he would have even considered giving a young boy 
a young shepherd boy that didn't have any skills in battle a chance, but he gave him a chance to uh, defeat the enemy. And uh, David went in with his, um, after he said, no, I don't want any of this armor or anything else. I have what I need. I have my sling and five smooth stones in a, in a pouch. And he picked up one, put it in the sling and, and slung it around and around and then threw it at the, the giant and the, uh, hit the giant in the middle of the head. And he uh, fell down dead. And David took the giant sword and chopped his head off. And they won the battle after that. And so uh, it's like a lot of battles in our, in our life. Uh, we have got to take what we have in our hand and not be worried about uh, other things that we may not have. Mm. Uh, but we learn from the things that we may have failed at or been successful with previously. And uh, we try in our own way of doing it. And we get boldness and confidence because of what we've already done. Yeah. Use what you have. Huh. Mm -hmm. Kamala, what's on your mind about that? Yeah, it's 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 so funny because I always feel like Michelle has way more stories just like in in like the Rolodex. She's <laughs> been like, around for a little bit, you know. It's <laughs> like I don't have a story for that. <laughs> I I'm gonna challenge that. I'm gonna challenge that. So. A story in, in the Rolodex. Just I can okay. see. I can like you know if you're listening, you can't see her mind working. Like I can see the cogs turning. It's like which one am I gonna use? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do feel like like what you said, Valerie, and, and um, just kind of added to what Michelle said is just making sure you're aligned with your purpose is really valuable. And we've been doing a lot of like self-branding exercises and just making sure that you you understand who you are and what is off-brand to you. You know, just kind of like they they talk about what what feelings you do you want people to come away with when they talk to you or what you want people to know about you like three things three words that describe you when when you come in contact with people and I often use that as like my kind of north star of when I'm starting to feel a little like you know unhappy in my situation or just kind of like or even every once in a while you have your little check-ins with yourself like am I still following mm -hmm. you know my purpose mm -hmm. is my purpose mm -hmm. still the same <laughs> uh, yeah. like has any new experiences changed the, my point of view on the world and if so, how and why, and what does that mean for me? What are your three words, Pamela? Actually, so I actually had a problem with this exercise. I told the I told the um, instructor that because I didn't feel like words, uh, like really captured what I was trying to uh, be, or at least just like just words because words have you know, there's always context to words uh, that you need to add and, and flavor. So I was like, okay, it's more about the feeling that I want to leave people with. Mm. So, the so the first one, <laughs> the first feeling that I wanted to leave people with was, oh my God. Was like, oh, that's a feeling? Yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> surprise, like oh my God. <laughs> In you a know? good way or like, like, like you're, you're surprised, you're surprised. Okay. You know, whatever I'm doing, I'm surprising you. It's a fun surprise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because fun is important to me. It's like uh, being fun, like making the situation fun is really important to who mm. I am 
and what the you know brand I want to bring into the world regardless like anything even finance even accounting I'm gonna want to make it fun yeah that, <laughs> you know, right? and it's surprising oh my god kind of way like we're excited <laughs> <laughs> that's cool what other emotion um, uh the set the second one is gas <laughs> you know a little snappy little little snappy there yes <laughs> all right you know, what is that one about but it follows up the, oh my god <laughs> you know because it's like oh my god we're having fun and we're like having fun in a very like positive you know aff affirming way like life affirming way because you just uh -huh. it's just it's it's part of the brand and my personal like uh brand that i want to make sure that when people go into the workforce like you're gonna get you know you're gonna get the highest caliber of work that i can bring you know <laughs> but you're also gonna have fun nice. uh -huh. <laughs> you know and it's gonna be fun in a life-affirming way uh-huh yeah. is there another one yes the third one actually like i can't even remember the third one because i i just i couldn't think of another one at the time but it was it's something it's just on the on those lines of like, you're just gonna, like, it's gonna be a high caliber, like, okay. Probably, I think it was okay. It was like, okay. But it was like a little nod, like, <laughs> one of these, okay. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was one of these. I think that, like, it was, a couple, it was about a year now since I did this one, but it was an okay. Because it's the same thing where it's like, you're gonna get, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get what, you know, what you've asked for, but you're also gonna get something fun and life affirming with it. <laughs> yeah. So what what you're sharing, Pamela, reminds me of a friend of my husband's that uh, comes over and he's always very energetic and uh, very fun background. And he is very uh, has lively conversations and he'll go, you feel me? <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's like what I see from you is you want people to share what you have. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I feel like a lot of it is it's about making sure the journey is as fun as possible. Like I, like I tell my coworkers, like every Monday, like I'm, I'm like happy Monday. I'm so happy to see you, and they're like, wait, why? <laughs> it's Monday. Yeah. I'm like, because now I get to hang out with my friends. Like, you know, it just like our, you know, our group. It just feels like, oh, I'm just doing a project with my friends, you know, mm. and we're working hard together to make sure it's the best project. But we're still like having fun okay i think that's so, awesome Go ahead. Pamela, are are you in finance now or are you in another role no a product manager actually so okay. i work at electronic arts and i work a lot on video games like strategic uh, initiatives across different video uh -huh. games uh-huh so yeah. it's an industry that is focused on fun so it felt very natural for me to gravitate towards that fun and entertainment I, I'm curious about how you, um, so I love this idea of bringing emotions, like what emotions would you like to evoke in people when you're there? I don't know, Michelle, do you have some that come to mind? I know you're, you've retired, but you're doing your own thing now and you're probably in other spaces, but what would you say now? I don't know. That's one that I may need to think about for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, noodle on that. I think, okay. <laughs> um, if I had to choose um, emotions, I have words. See, I don't have. I have not thought about emotions. So this is actually quite a great exercise. 
I think yeah. the emotion I would want is peace, like for people to feel like peaceful, like grounded, you know, like, like, you know, oh, she's got this. Maybe, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do like the Pamela, the Pamela, your, yours are not quite emotions. They're more like words that evoke, you know, that have some emotional tone to it. So um, I like for people to feel like, oh, she's got this, yeah. that one. And I'd like for people to go, yay, Valerie, <laughs> like, oh, cool, I get to hang out with Valerie, or we got to do something, or, right, there's something about whatever the experience with the, the, the being engaged in that, whatever that activity, people feel like pumped, right, um, and what else, like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what are we talking about, what is it, like, like intrigued, like, oh, I not thought about that, or ooh, that sounds, that's interesting, like those oh, are man. the words that I would like. <laughs> that, like that, ooh, that ooh, I would use when like someone like presents a delicious dessert in front of me. <laughs> like, like, there we go. Just, I can't yeah. present delicious desserts. <laughs> At least not something that I wouldn't buy. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um, wait, what was my first one? Now I forgot. <laughs> this is brand new for me, Pamela. Don't judge. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you think about brands when you think about branding exercises, people put words, but people have so many different connotations to words. Yeah, people put different emotions to words. Oh, got <laughs> this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mine was like, yeah, you got this. Mine is that you got this. Yay! And ooh, those are my three. <laughs> this is cool. Shell, uh, did you come up with any? Or do you need some time? Well, <laughs> well you know, it, it's like. I, I like that you got this. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's important. And I was just thinking about um, my team that I had uh, for the last twelve years when I uh, was at Airbus. Um, I always told them. Uh, I guess I wanted them to feel safe and and reaffirmed in their position. So I think. Uh, uh, a, a safe emotions and that type of thing. But there was a, a bit of fun that that w- I felt that we needed to have as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, uh, one event that we had, and, and I can't remember, uh, from time to time we had uh, employee events uh, to build morale and things like that. And I got uh, for my team, uh, uh, I led our contracts organization uh, for government contracts. And so we got the, I got shark hats for everybody. <laughs> and um, because we have in, in contracting, you have to be very sharky, if you will, in order to uh, do the best for the company. And, and we went into uh, the room where, where people were congregating, uh, singing the baby shark theme song, you know, baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I think uh, even though my job is very serious and there were a lot of things that had to be done, you have to have fun too, you mm-hmm. know. So I think the fun piece of it is so very important. But how would they have expressed that fun? Because I think it's interesting. At least Pamela and I have a different word associated with the fun, right? Yours was like, yes, right? Yes. And mine is like, yay. What would be your your fun phrase, Michelle, or word? I 
I don't, I, I, the thing that I thought of was baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> baby shark, you did it. <laughs> Different categories of fun. Fun is real. <laughs> you know, maybe no one Wee! else in the company understood it, but everyone in my team did. And, 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 uh, we, we, uh, I think I, I gave my shark hat to one of the people <laughs> that was in the team when I left the company. Nice. <laughs> All right, so, so fun. What else? Yeah, two more. Oh. She, she talked about like the, the feeling of safety, right? Safety. But we yeah. also find like a word of that. It's just like, you know, like how, how do you describe the feeling of a hug? You get the comfort of a hug. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Safety and warmth. Ah. <laughs> uh. Gosh, I, I don't know how you say that in an emotion. Uh, um, it's, I don't know how you, how do you say that in an emotion? Uh, I, I don't know. The safety yeah. part, it's, it's, safety part yeah. could be comfort or- Like an exhalation, you know? Oh, that feels good or thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like grateful, yeah. like gratitude, it almost sounds like maybe, or uh, we don't have to like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> analyze uh, this. <laughs> I can take it for homework assignment if I need to. <laughs> you have homework after the podcast. You have to come up with three. You have two so far. No, that as I think is fascinating. You know, one of the, the reasons that I wanted the two of you to connect specifically is because clearly you're, you're in different phases in your career journeys. Um, and you've faced some similar challenges. And I thought, man, that's, that's gotta be interesting. You know, at what point in time does it shift? Obviously, um, you know, Michelle, you mentioned you were one of a hundred women in your university <laughs> class out of, you know, 33, and there are 3,300 men. So, you know, boom, glad you were, you were like, you had a shard of the glass ceiling with you when you, when you were a freshman. Um, Pamela, you know, you're, you're in a whole different um, generation right now, and you're in an industry that's also quite male dominated. So I'm curious about for you, what do you, what's it like to be a woman in, um, in, a, in the video game industry? What's, what drew you to it? And what, what's the experience been like? Whatever you're um, comfortable sharing. Yeah. So for me, it's, it was always, so video games is something that I just like, I don't feel like I was meant to do anything else. <laughs> um, it was something that I, I, like you see pictures of me and my dad, I've been playing video games as long as I can remember. So it just, like when I told my parents I was going into video games, they were just like, and? <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't a surprise to them. Like nobody was surprised. I was surprised. No one else was surprised. <laughs> um, so I just, I love the idea. Like video games have, you know, for me, a truly captivated audience, like captive audience. Like you, you hear like, you know, theories of film where you're in a movie theater and that's a captive audience. I don't think that's a captive audience. Like video games, like have a way of just holding you for hours at a time and you don't even notice that the time is flying. And it's a great medium for like really putting yourself in a protagonist's shoes you would not normally be able to experience. Like I oftentimes get to experience what it's like to be like a man on like a mission in like a zombie apocalypse, or I get to experience what it's like to be like a British woman who's exploring, you know, the you know ancient Nordic artifacts 
which mm -hmm. is something that I don't get to like. I get to, and the directors of games are the same caliber of directors of movies. So you really like get to experience someone else's point of view and actually make choices for them, which I just mm -hmm. I love about that aspect of games and the storytelling and just kind of bringing your audience along to this person's journey and sometimes even making like you know, less than moral decisions in the game, but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like stuck between, you know, two wrongs. And it's really like, really, you know, affecting you because you're you're living the life of this character, <laughs> which like mm -hmm. you can't really do in movies. Movies, you're just, you're taken along for the ride and you just, you're watching. But video games, you are the ride. You are the person making the choices for a completely different, you know, life. <laughs> so it's something that I just, I've always loved and always wanted to be a part of this industry. It's very fun, like me. I, <laughs> I, I need to be a part of an industry where I can make any kind of nerdy jokes and people get like, I can make a dragon jokes in the office and five people will jump in <laughs> and continue to make a dragon joke with me. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever, just roll with the punches or whatever joke that I'm making that is so esoteric or nerdy. Uh, so I really feel like culturally, that is the space that I belong. Mm. Uh, so Jen, like, as far as gender goes, I feel like everybody else reminds me that I'm the only female. <laughs> I, when I go into the office, I'm really excited about what, whatever it is project that I'm doing. And then someone else will be like, you know, oh, you know what I used, uh, like I told her like the other day, I was saying I was going on leave and they were, and my coworker was like, oh, how long are you taking paternity leave? I'm like, paternity, I'm not a man. Why would, you, why would you say that? <laughs> and then they, and then like the person actually had to Google the like the term paternity leave and say, like, oh yeah, that is only for men. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> okay, there, I'll just let that one. And go. then like I was like, you know, like little things like that will just like remind me that <laughs> that I'm the only female there, and and so I'll just I'll but I. It usually something that's just in the back of my head until someone else reminds me of that. Like it's not something that I think about personally. Right. It's fascinating. Right. So <laughs> how how many people do you work with? Like when you when you say you're the only female, like out of how many? Uh, my my direct team is probably about like thirty people, uh, but I have a larger org. But in the thirty people, I'm the only female. Ah, got it, got it. You in know, a larger org, there are other women, but just. Is, yeah it's not it's not as much uh and it's not uh, they're very welcoming and, and inclusive so i'm not too um it doesn't i don't think about it too much but then every once in a while like the outer world will just be like you know what we need to get more women in games like we do need to get that's right we do <laughs> <laughs> like, or if there's like you know a, like a new hire like we're hiring a person and, and everyone's trying to hire their friends and i'm like wait a minute this is a great opportunity to actually expand the network of people who we look at, you know, maybe we, we can look at just purely the skill sets, not not the fact that they, you know, have previous experience in the game industry, which is important. But you know, sometimes, like I just need someone who can do Excel, like Excel and SQL very well. Why do I need to find only a person who has Excel and SQL and game industry experience? Like, mm, there's plenty of people right. who can we can right. bring in that will give us a different perspective and a new fresh take on things. That's interesting. And, um, and Michelle, I'm going to come to you in a second, but Pamela, I want, I want you to share, if you remember, it's been a few months now, do you remember your presentation in the MBA class that you did for us? 
I had like three presentations. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the one about about games for girls to help them get into STEM. Oh yes. So I I've given this speech uh, a few times now publicly. What uh, Grace Hopper was like the most notable one, and I've given it to the University of Illinois. And the the gist of the speech is basically how we can get more females into STEM through the lens of video games. Mm-hmm. And and the speech kind of like, so I'll probably not do it justice because I'm like summarizing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talks about like a study that the University of Glasgow did with high schoolers where they like followed high schoolers and, and through high school and through their careers and found out there's a correlation between high schoolers that had spatial reasoning skills and going into STEM. And when they research, they looked at like how these people got spatial reasoning skills. Uh, and basically what spatial reasoning is, is the ability to like, um, mentally solve 3D puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like for example, a wild example is if I look at a Rubik's cube and I could solve it, <laughs> you know, with just my mind instead mm-hmm. of <laughs> instead of actually like messing with it. It's like that's a wild example. Mm-hmm. And not many people can do that, but that's just an example of what a spatial reasoning skill is. It's kind of like the movie Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. So <laughs> being able to just solve things in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they looked at people who had this skill and they found out that this is not something they teach in school. They teach it uh, like you learn these skills through the activities that you do in your spare time. So hmm. the students who got to do things like play with Legos or solve puzzles, like, or did some woodworking or played video games had more spatial reasoning skills. So I honed hmm. in on the video game portion and just kind of like, right. uh, you know, threaded it through my presentation because you know, oftentimes we see there's a stigma of playing video games and people don't know why there's a stigma. I mean, there's plenty of, you can attribute to like, oh, you know, I've heard some articles about how it's bad, but I feel guilty letting my kids play, but there's not really like, you know, we're still trying to figure out exactly what it is. Like uh, video games have a very unique way of, like if something goes wrong in a video game, people tend to blame the industry as opposed to like this particular specific thing that went wrong. Um, so if like, you know, something is going, if you're on the internet, say on it, any kind of social media chat and somebody sends you a lewd picture, you will more likely blame that person for sending you the lewd picture, not the platform. But if that happened in video games, you're, you're like, oh, you know, someone sent me a lewd picture in this video game. It's because of the video games, not the person. So there's a weird PR problem that video games are having. Right. Trying to co- like, like really figure out what is going on there. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. And the reason I asked you to share that again is because I think this idea of, and you mentioned it in your presentation about the kind of toys that are introduced, right? And at, at the age of those toys. And you mentioned, I think there's an image that you shared about where do you find spatial reasoning games like Legos and puzzles and stuff like that? And you tend to find them, if, if I'm not mistaken, and in, in generally in the boys' aisle, right? When people would shop for video right. for games, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah it's part, that was like the middle part of the presentation, which was like a 30 minute presentation that I always try to condense into like five minutes. Hi. Um, yeah, it's, um, so if you think about a traditional toy store, like a Toys R Us when they were still open, uh, if you imagine yourself walking down the girls' aisles and you walk down the boys' aisle, and where where are these spatial reasoning toys? 
like mm. in the in the in the traditional girls aisle you'll find a lot of really fun toys that help you with other things like hair like hair makeup which helps in many different ways like expressing creativity and and also solving different different types of problems but we're not talking about those problems we're talking about spatial reasoning <laughs> so um most of the spatial reasoning toys at least when i was growing up were in the boys aisle there there's you know the industry acknowledges this and they're trying to move towards a direction of you know gender neutral spatial reasoning toys but for a while like their solution was oh oh the legos okay legos for girls i got the solution they're all pink <laughs> and then like you know like they self-congratulate themselves on this great innovative idea pink legos <laughs> We must no, make it all pink. No. This is how we solve the the gender problem, right? We'll just make it pink. We'll make, <laughs> oh, um, you know. And I just feel like sometimes, I mean, that that mindset is the mentality is still around. <laughs> you know, he was like, oh yeah, this tools, this you know, tool kit. I'm just gonna make it pink, and and therefore more females will buy it. They they were surprised that that didn't work. <laughs> it wasn't quite the hit. <laughs> it wasn't the hit that they wanted it to be. That's, I, I just, yeah, that was very thought provoking. I hadn't heard it put that way. So it stood out to me when you shared it. Um, Michelle, I'm curious about what, what's going through your mind. And I, I know that we're, we're likely going to go over a little bit here, just FYI, um, in our time, but just curious about what's on your mind about what Pamela shared. Well, uh, when I was growing up, we really didn't have a lot of uh, toys like that. Um, but uh, around my neighborhood, uh, we had a, uh, a cow pasture across the street from us that the boys in the neighborhood played uh, softball and baseball. So um, uh, my dad played softball and I wanted to too. So, you know, it, it um, they didn't, they didn't mind when I played softball. Uh, my dad didn't like when I played baseball with the guys, he was afraid I'd get hurt. But, you know, I just, I just wanted to do what other people were doing. I really didn't, like you said, I didn't really see myself as a girl. I, I didn't see myself as a boy either. I, I just wanted to play softball or baseball, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think that's, uh, now we call it gender neutral, uh, but that's what it is. Uh, you just want to be a person and you want to be able to uh, be able to give those opportunities to, to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, be it uh, uh, the girls or the guys and I don't know make it so that they could they could be interested and, and it's not about making things pink or blue because you'll tr you'll turn off a lot of the girls the, the girls that would be interested you'll turn them off <laughs> you know? especially so, now I think you know we've yeah we've actually moved in such a beautiful direction in many ways and to your to both of yours point that there are still some very stark limitations. Now, I remember when I was in, I was in the Girl Scouts growing up and my brothers were, the, were in the Boy Scouts. I have three brothers, I'm the only girl. And they were doing like, you know, leather bands for their wrists and archery and horseback riding and doing all these very interesting outdoor things. And I was learning to make tie-dye t-shirts and candles <laughs> and brownies. <laughs> And I was like, I don't, why? I don't, that doesn't seem like fun to me. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah. was, you know, 80s and Girl Scouts, a lot of the, the women that were in charge of Girl Scout troops at the time, they were, you know, stay-at-home moms. And this is right. 
likely part of what they like to do or what they are taught they had to do or teach other girls. Um, I didn't st spend very much time in the Girl Scouts. <laughs> I got out very quickly, but I think that's, that's like, it. Wasn't the Girl Scouts founded by a scientist and it was like basically about getting more girls to be doing STEM? I think they're doing a revamp actually of their- Oh, their there's image. a huge revamp now. Oh. And actually I think they're also combined, boy, girls, boy Scouts are now accepting girls in part of the program. So I'm not sure all the, the logistics here, but there's so many, the way that this, I don't know, in the last 10, 15, 20 years probably has shifted so much how we manage and how we educate and how we, what we expose young people to, you know, it's, it's, I think very promising. And at the same time, you know, I think going back to what we talked about it earlier about authenticity, right? I know my my best friend would love to have everything pink. <laughs> she that was, that's her thing. She yeah. you know she had a poodle and wanted to have a little pink color and the bling and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like I don't really get into. It. There's some pink that I like, you know, right, utilitarian right. in my choices. And you know it's almost like an outfit. Like how do you find an outfit that fits you that works for whatever it is that you want to use the outfit for and it looks good. Right. There's a lot of stuff that looks good but doesn't fit quite well or that it fits well but is not really functional for whatever it is that we want so i think the right. piece here about anything whether it's toys whether it's games whether it's career it's like how do we find something that fulfills that fits looks good and serves us and serves mm -hmm. others right it's kind of a it's, line. it's the cowboy outfit it's a cowboy, the cowboy. yes that's it <laughs> going back to that so <laughs> i'm curious as we start to wind things down what what has this been like being on a conversation not quite strangers with a not quite stranger talking about some interesting things i think interesting anyways <laughs> what's it been like for you guys go ahead Bev. <laughs> it's fun you know just like like it's exactly what i expected i was like oh we're gonna just, we're going to go deep very quickly. <laughs> oh, you expected that? <laughs> uh, for me, I feel like uh, there's more to the story. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm curious and interested in, in continuing to learn more. What surprised you guys the most about it? Um, for, for me, I, I think I had more to say than I thought I had. To. <laughs> no, what was that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> was that, was that established in this conversation? Yeah. Well, cause you know, you, you, um, at least like, you know, for, for me, when I, when I'm in the room with people who are, are more accomplished and like, you know, executive level people, they usually have more to say. Uh, and I love listening because I always want to hear the perspective. And it was just kind of like, oh, I actually do have something to say on this topic. I do. Let me. <laughs> yeah. And a lot yeah. of topics. You have a Rolodex, Pamela. I don't <laughs> think you call it that. Now you'll just, instead of rolling, you'll actually be able to swipe. <laughs> but you got some. You got some. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, what about for you? Any surprises? Oh, no, I, I just think this is a, a great way, uh, Valerie, in, in bringing people that are coming from two different backgrounds together, but uh, in, in, in age groups, and, and it shows that we have a lot to be able to share with one another. 
And a lot of times, and in, in even during this pandemic that we're in right now, uh, we haven't had a, a more of a closed, um, kind of a, a closed basis of sharing things with people that we wouldn't have, couldn't share, I guess. And so I, I think it's great. I, I love the opportunity to be able to, to meet you <laughs> and uh, to be able to share with you. Well, I'm thrilled the two of you said yes to being on the podcast. I don't take for granted. And you, know, you obviously shared some things that were very personal and, and, um, and Michelle, even, you know, you're <laughs> wanting to say the right thing or without <laughs> whatever the most PC would be or the most diplomatic. So I appreciate you sharing those points too. Um, I, you know, the really, the, the reason here to bring people together is like I said earlier, is you know, build a connection. I think we can build a connection with just about anybody. That's like my challenge right. to myself is like, how can I connect with this person? And you know, what would I need to listen for? Or how would I need to inter interact or engage in order to make it happen? You guys are quite easy. <laughs> right? Because, well, I mean, you had the thread of you know, being in industries that are male dominated, for example, or you know, right. uh, engineering right. and science and that sort of thing. But beyond that, I think some of the richness that you guys brought about your personal experiences or your philosophies or, you know, this idea of having these emotions and how would you like for people to feel in our presence? And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, right? Uh -huh. um, so I am curious, what questions, if you have an opportunity to have more conversation beyond this, what questions would you want to have asked or would you want to answer? I'm curious uh, for like Michelle, just, just coming up in the male dominated world of that time, was it, was it uh, something like your gender, something that the people just kept bringing up? I feel like right now, uh, because diversity and inclusion and Me Too is all top of mind, people bring it up to me a lot. Uh, but I'm curious to see if while you were, you know, going through your career, is that something mm -hmm. that was brought up a lot for you? Uh, yeah. I want to be responsible that we may not have time to get into the question, but oh. this yeah. would be a great point of conversation for the two of you beyond the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, and the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll have to uh, think about what the detail is on that. And and it it all it all varies. Uh, based upon the situation and, and we could talk about it. Michelle, what about for you? What questions are you left with that you'd like to ask Pamela? Oh, oh gosh. Um, I want to know um, how you, you and your baby are going to be doing in a few weeks, a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's exciting. And um, you can, you can make it through uh, there a lot of things that you haven't done before, but you'll figure it out. And it's a, an exciting time in your life. And uh, I can't wait to hear how it goes. <laughs> I'll definitely send some updates. Hey, <laughs> yes, please do. I know we may have a, we may have a reunion show, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Any, um, and last, last question, what are you taking from this conversation? Like what, what are you walking away with? Goodness. Uh. I'm, uh, 
I'm kind of reminded again to just revisit our authenticity conversation. We keep having this, Valerie. <laughs> it's very, it's very important. You know, it's important to like revisit purpose, your purpose, and the things that you've learned in the past, you know, year or months, and see if it's changed your, you know, changed the direction. Mm. Oh. Remind me, I'll send you a video. I'll send both of it, both of it, um, to both of you by Sri Kumar Rao. Do you know him? Um, yeah. He's a a professor i think at columbia and uh, i can't remember what other university um he has a really fascinating class but i'll send you the link so that you can watch it, it has some really interesting things about this same topic michelle yeah. what about for you what are you walking away with well i i'd like and i was very intrigued about being able to meet you pamela because um you know the people have changed uh, and women in, in the workforce have changed over the years. Uh, the situations have changed and there have been improvements. And I was just curious to see uh, from your perspective, how, how you felt that that happened. And th there's more to that story, I'm sure behind it. So I'm intrigued to learn more about it too. So much. Well, there you go. It sounds like you're going to have to keep connecting. Uh, <laughs> an hour podcast is not enough. It's just to whet the appetite. That's what it is, right? <laughs> um, so, so I appreciate so much that the two of you said yes, and you shared all your stories and experiences that you were able to share. And then whatever continues after this, um, to please do so. And for anyone that's listening or watching this episode, Two things. One, you should be you should be subscribed if you want to get access to this episode and many others. Make sure you go to www.notquitestrangers.com so you do not miss a single one. And also, there's some special invitations for people who subscribe to meet our guests. For example, we have quarterly uh, reunions where we get an, all of our podcast guests together and you get a chance to interact with them one on one or not one-on-one, -on -one, but in, in our groups. Um, and then also opportunities to continue to expand your own world because we do have some connection challenges that we share with our community to continue to express you know, interest in other people and also get, get to know yourself even better. So www.notquitestrangers.com to subscribe. Ladies, again, thank you so very much for being here today for the time that you shared and looking forward to hearing even more. And Pamela's gonna send some baby pictures, apparently. Absolutely. Maybe dress in a wait. cowboy outfit. <laughs> we have to get one now. <laughs> to get one, yes. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye. You've been listening to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite video or podcast platform. And for more information and content, go to notquitestrangers.com. See you next time.